Welcome to the Amphenol Frontline Podcast. We share success stories and best practices of Amphenol management throughout the corporation. This episode features Subi Katragata and members of his SV Microwave management team in West Palm Beach, Florida, as they talk about dealing with the COVID-19 outbreak in their facility. We talk through their steps before, during, and after the outbreak, and the lessons learned from each of them, as together we combat the coronavirus pandemic around the world. I'm glad to hear that you guys are at least in good spirits because I know you went through, a, you've gone through a pretty tough time here as a as an Amphenol division over the last month or a few weeks or so. Um, first of all, I'll just start with you, Subi. What's the current situation with SV Microwave and and how you guys are doing after having you know quite the situation with COVID nineteen outbreak in your area? Actually, I'm going to cover both our facilities, both. Uh... As you know, we have one in West Palm Beach here right. and in Mesa, Arizona, which happen to be two really hot spots right now, not just weather-wise, but clearly with COVID-19. And um, we're doing okay. I think uh, we had a tough situation back at the beginning of June in West Palm, and we still have a few isolated cases, positive cases um, here and there. But for the most part, we're doing okay, most importantly, um, we still have a few people that are out sick, so we wish them and their families uh, full and speedy recovery. But we're doing okay, and thanks to the uh, flexibility and resiliency of uh, our, our teams, both here in West Palm and in Mesa. Before you had the outbreak in your facility in West Palm, what measures had you taken up to that point to make sure that you were keeping everyone safe in your factory? I'm going to let Ben, our IT manager, address that one. I mean, first and foremost, we established a uh, contingency team of uh, you know people throughout the company um, to discuss what steps we should take. And what came out of that was a you know a three-phase plan where we kind of came to an agreement on you know as the positive cases move closer and closer to the company, what steps would we take and how would we kind of ramp up our um, our preparation for it. Um, Probably the biggest thing that came out of that as it started making its way to Florida was, you know, we, we needed to reduce our um, occupancy in the building. So on any given day, we have about 250 people. And um, so we wanted to see if we can cut that down. So pretty much anybody who could do their job from home, we, you know, we let them go home and work from home. Um, in terms of for assembly, uh, we went from one main, you know, shift uh, Monday through Friday down to two split shifts, three days on and four days off. So at the end of all that, uh, you know, our occupancy dropped from about 250 to 130. So pretty significant. Um, aside from that, it, we pretty much followed all the guidance from the other Amphenol facilities and from frontline, you know, uh, providing masks and, and sanitizer, requiring the masks, mm -hmm. uh, doing uh, UV lights in the AC, you know, all, all the different things that, um, you've gone over in some of your other interviews. Uh, we did the temperature screening devices and, um, uh, you know, touchless faucets, you know, all that kind of thing. So when the, the, the outbreak really kind of occurred, like you said, Subi, roughly the beginning of June in the, in, cause Florida was fairly quiet for a while, uh, March, April, maybe early May. And then it started picking up later in May and then early June. Once that first hit, what did, when did you realize, like, oh my, this is this is pretty serious? Late May uh, was when the uh, governor here relaxed 
the lockdown restrictions in Florida and specifically Palm Beach County was under more severe restrictions and those were relaxed end of May. Um, in hindsight, definitely not the right timing because right was right going into Memorial Day weekend. So we had a double whammy there between a long weekend and the state slash county relaxing the rules. So we were expecting, uh, you know, some activity, but, you know, it did surprise us coming out of Memorial Day weekend going right into the first week of June. We heard first one was one case from exposure outside of work. Then we had a couple more cases the next day. Uh, looked clearly like exposure outside of work. By the time we got to Wednesday that week, we were up to six cases. And a couple of these cases, we were not completely convinced were outside of work. Mm -hmm. So at the middle of that first week of June, we realized, okay, we're up to six cases in, in uh, two different areas. Uh, some of them are maybe potentially transmission at work. So we were really um, confused about exactly what to do at that point. So, um, you know, we're talking to uh, both Dave Silverman and Rick Schneider on the frontline team, getting some advice from them. Uh, we realized we have a significant issue on our hands. And then the fork in the road was, uh, do we do, how much how, do we do testing and what mm -hmm. scale of testing do we do? And obviously there's different points of view about that. Um, I will uh, say that was some good advice, as I said, from Dave and Rick, but our, our COVID team, which several of them are on this, in, in this podcast today and others, about 10 others that are part of our team, um, they took the tough decision and a bold decision uh, with moral fortitude saying, you know, we cannot just restrict testing to one department because we've got exposure now, it looks like in a couple of areas, we cannot for sure say that there's no transmission inside the factory. So luckily we were able to find a lab locally that had the supplies and committed to give us some fast turnaround. So the team took the decision, um, the bold decision to test everybody in the factory. So we flipped that switch and in hindsight, it was the right thing to do um, and the best thing to do because it allowed us to come out of that period of uncertainty and know what we've got. Um, we knew what the reality of the situation was after the testing, and then we could move forward with instead of just guessing. So the data then showed us that you know half our cases were asymptomatic, mm -hmm. which is higher than what you read about in the press. And these are people that we know well and trust, and you know, a good, good 50% are asymptomatic. And uh, so we really didn't uh, know the scope of the problem up until then. So with the testing done, we had a better, better idea what was happening. Uh, those three or four days where we were waiting for test results were nerve-wracking. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, all yeah. of us uh, didn't know what the issue was. So we ended up getting a full count at the end of that after the first six cases. And we did the mass testing. We ended up with 18 total cases through that first, through that first, uh, first week and a half of June. And, and one other thing we did was once we decided the testing was was mandatory, because we decided at that point, yeah. if you wanted to enter our facility in West Palm, you had to have a negative test result. So we made it mandatory and we linked it up to our badge system so nobody can just come in mm -hmm. without having their badge authorized as COVID negative. Christina, from your job responsibilities, what has this been like for you in dealing with this once this really started to, to break out as well? Well, I, I would say probably 70% of my job has shifted over to COVID, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, with all the positive cases, I kept in touch with them daily, uh, you know, so we, we had a daily contact uh, update from those people and uh, passing it on to everybody, making sure they were okay. They wanted, they were anxious to come back, uh, the asymptomatic ones especially, they wanted to come back right away. So trying to hold them back a little bit, letting them know we we're going to get them tested again. And then finally testing some of them and getting them to come back on board. Um, the, the ones that had to wait a long time, you know, they had to wait 
five or six weeks, they were very resilient. Uh, and then uh, on top of that was all the communication. You know, the, the, we're, we have a lot of Spanish-speaking people, so every, um, like, at least twice a week, we use that one call now to send out text messages, bilingual text messages, uh, talking about vigilance and, uh, you know, 200% effort, 100% keeping yourself following protocol, the other 100% making sure other people follow protocol. Uh, you know, so um, it's been uh, it's been a, not a full time job, but uh, almost a full time <laughs> job. Sure. And trying to get people, you know, people have a lot of uh, social pressure outside of work. Their families don't right. believe that it's happening. Their friends, it's a bunch of hooey. You know, they they don't. And so we have to assure our folks. Uh, you know, you're going to have to be strong outside of work too, mm -hmm. and take take a line. You know, take you know stand and uh, take a stand on it. I guess I'm, I'm trying to say so. Um, but I will tell you, the the employees have been resilient. They've been very helpful. So uh, that's one positive thing that I see, and it's it's very encouraging that our our people are that way. They're strong. They're resilient. And they'll do anything we ask them. No, that, that's great to hear because I know it's just been a, it's a super tough situation for everyone down there. Just from a standpoint of running the machines and building parts and, and all the stuff that uh, helps us make money as a business, Chuck, how's this been for you when you have to kind of shut everything down and then restart it back up? And how much did you have to use the Mesa facility to offset what you were missing in, in West Palm? It should be touched upon. We decided to shut down when we, we it seemed that uh, it was being factory transmitted in some areas. Yeah. Three to four people in one area, specific area, got sick. So we shut that area down. We shut the area next to it down, and we proceeded to do the testing uh, the following day. And we got, we're getting results within 48 to 72 hours. And, but even after the test results were in and, and you know the negatives were allowed to come back, uh, we, we told them, we said, if you are not feeling safe at work, do not come back. And mm. unsurprisingly, 80% of our people were back uh, the next day yeah. uh, build, building parts. Um, and uh, we did another test the following, mass test the following week. And, uh, you know, adding a little more, quote unquote, normalcy uh, to, to the feelings of the people uh, that were here. But uh, the people's willingness to return to work that soon uh, made for a very successful June and, and a record quarter. And as far as Mesa, mm. uh, our, our ops team here took action in this crisis mode, and they started offloading work to Mesa from, from West Palm Beach, which, which these offloads weren't planned in the Mesa transition till further on down the road. But acting in crisis mode, they reacted, and within a week we had Mesa so much work that that Mesa had a, a fabulous June, and uh, the people there, Arizona, another crisis area in the country, the people there were extraordinary. They they stayed healthy uh, during the month of June, had a great month, and, and helped us out considerably. No, that's that's excellent. And have you had any issues with uh, the population in Mesa um, contracting the virus? We we've had the last week week and a half one or two that are, have been asked to stay home because they've been exposed I see. and they've been tested. We mass tested Mesa at the beginning of the of, of last week and uh, the results were good. Uh, so it's just the uh, the contact tracing of people that were in contact with some positive people that uh, that is keeping them home for now. 
Chris, I'd like to add one thing about, um, you asked about Mesa. We did have a, a, a positive in Mesa just this week, as Chuck mentioned, but it's an outside of work exposure. Mm -hmm. And so far, the majority of our cases, if, except for a couple, seem like all outside of work exposure. Right. One of the issues that made it tricky for us, contact tracing-wise, um, in West Palm in particular, was uh, uh, you know, we're kind of a family type feel business over here. And in some cases, literally family, you yeah. know, a lot of family members work together here. So Christina had a, 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 a great challenge trying to do the tracing there to figure it out. Cause and we found, several... we found family members. We didn't even know we had, you know, <laughs> they were all related. It was like, wow, I didn't know they were related. There were several people that didn't work together at work, but had yeah relationships and even friendships outside of work. So, mm -hmm. um, so it was a complicated web there and the, and, mm -hmm. the, and but that's what makes us be who we are and, sure. you know, yeah. got to take, uh, got to take it, um, take the bad with the good. So that was one complication. And when you asked about Christina's work, she was being very humble here. She was, I would say working two jobs for the last mm -hmm. two months here. And I would, that would apply to everybody on our COVID team, yeah. uh, Chuck, Ben and several others, uh, about 10 others, as I said, who have been doing, nonstop duty for the last three plus months, but particularly for the last two months. I'll wrap it up with this just because I don't want to keep you guys too long. You've been very generous in sharing your time here, but what have you learned out of this so far? I know we're certainly not out of the woods by any stretch of the imagination. We still have a long way to go to until we get a vaccine and everyone is, you know, is you know, relatively back to the new normal. But what have you learned and, and really any of you can answer from this experience so far, whether it's a renewed sense of pride in the people you work with, all the way down to just a methodology of how you run the business, or what are some of the things that really stick out to you? I guess I'll start with you, Subi. I'd like each of the members here to answer that separately because we all have different angles. Uh, for me, it would be just amplify communication always. When you think you've spoken too much about these kinds of issues, maybe they've just started hearing you. And with the bilingual workforce we had, uh, thankfully, Christina is bilingual. We've added some more bilingual team members to our COVID team. Uh, it's one of the improvements we've made following this. We rotated some members in for new ideas and more bilingual members. So I think it's just communicate, communication, communication, communication. So as much as we think we do, there's probably still a shortage of it. Ben, how about you? I think for me, the biggest takeaway has been the importance of, uh, you know, basic management type skills. Uh, I mean, as much as I'd like to say uh, technology and screening saved the day, uh, really what's been the most effective or what's had the biggest impact has been, uh, you know, just basic stuff like being able to adapt, uh, mm -hmm. communication as Subi talked, uh, touched on, uh, knowing the employees, uh, stressing the importance of the policy, enforcing the policy, you know, just basic, you know, basic management type stuff. How about you, Chuck? I think, uh, you know, we're in February, we're watching TV and we're seeing it in China. Uh, a couple of weeks later, we're seeing it through Europe. And uh, if, if, if the United States was, was naive enough to think it wasn't coming, uh, then, uh, of course, it proved us wrong. So yeah. I think, I think the, the main lesson is, is be ready. Be mm -hmm. proactive. Do not be reactive. I mean, we, we got the first case in Washington State. Well, now it's in the U.S. What's happening? And all of a sudden... We have our first case in Palm Beach County, and we were ready. Ready enough? I don't know. We had 22, 24 cases. Yeah. But uh, we were ready enough from the the, the, we, the proactive things we did in February and March with the masks, with the, the AC, uh, UV lighting, with, 
with the stuff that Rick and and uh, and uh, and Frontline was was telling us. Uh, you know, we were ready. Uh, uh, again, we didn't expect it this hard in June. Yeah, in Florida, Arizona probably didn't expect it as hard. But you got to be ready. You got to you got to foresee the situation. You got to foresee the crisis and be ready for it. Finally, Christina, how about you? I would just say vigilance. I, yeah. I just when you think it's over, you know, we had our 18 cases. We were down to two, and you're like, yes. We're going to have zero, and then all of a sudden you get more cropped up. So mm-hmm. the vigilance of it, the the, the just uh, having always to stay on your toes and know that it's not over yet. Uh, the other thing is the resiliency of our people and their transparency. That's one thing that they, if they get sick, they come and tell us. They're not hiding it from us. So yeah. I, I like their honesty and their transparency, too. It's been uh, really refreshing to get to know our employees again. Well, Subi, Ben, Chuck, Christina, I want to thank you again for taking the time to do this today. I I know you probably wish you hadn't gone through this, but hopefully it makes you a little bit of a better company as a result of of going through this. And thankfully, everyone is safe and and no one got seriously affected by this. But uh, again, thank you very much for taking the time to do this. And I wish you all the best of luck and hopefully can come see you again in in West Palm. Please do. Just in time for winter, Chris. Look forward to having you. That's right. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much. Take care.